Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 66 of Unmasked. I'm your host, Neil Getzlow. I thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. I truly appreciate it, especially appreciate my faithful listeners who have been with me since day one over a year ago. So hard to believe. And if you are a new listener here, I am just as equally as blessed and appreciative that that you found this podcast. And I encourage you to to go through your podcast feed and check out some of the older episodes. And uh, this week I am back. We took we had a brief one week hiatus. Had some work travel that sort of threw me off course last week. So I apologize for for um, for missing last week. But uh, we are back this week. And, and before we jump into today's episode, just kind of want to do a little quick note around Father's Day weekend. And hey, if you were a father out there listening, happy belated Father's Day to you. And I hope that, uh, hope you had a great time celebrating. You know, for me, I've had to recalibrate a little bit how I've looked at Father's Day because, you know, prior to, well, prior to finding Christ, you know, I I always thought of Father's Day was sort of a, was a hard day for me because I had a lot of unresolved issues with my parents, especially my dad, that was impacting my heart and what I thought about Father's Day. And uh, I also would be very critical of myself on Father's Day, reflecting on what kind of dad I was, uh, because I, you know, I will admit I, w- I was not the best dad for for many years, unfortunately. And so I just, that just sort of sat in my heart and, and made Father's Day rather uncomfortable at times. But you know, over the past couple of years, and really especially over this past weekend, it just sort of kind of crystallized in my mind, and, and God gave me this, put this thought on my in my mind, and this word on my heart, and you know, it it got me to think about you know, Father's Day is 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 less about being a a good father for me, and now it's more about how can I be a better son a better son to God. And that means for me, you know, how can I get closer to God? How can I spend more time with God and listen to God and soak up his wisdom? Because it is when I do all that and when I am a a better son in the eyes of our heavenly father, that's when my role as an earthly father, that's when it all begins to click as it has over the past few years. Now I've got a long way to go um, with my boys and first and foremost, you know, trying to um, trying to lead them to Christ. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us and would just appreciate your prayers. But, but yeah, my, my heart now on father's day is around trying to be a, a better child of God myself. And, and, and that will help that that just helps in, in all of the areas of my life. So just wanted to share that with you before we jumped into today's episode. So let's get into it. On today's episode, I talked to new author, Matt Turner. Matt is a successful businessman. He's got a $20 million a year construction business. And he also has this really incredible testimony to share. At the age of 22, Matt lost both of his hands in an electrical accident which I just can't imagine how you were able to live your life after that. And and that's why Matt, after that accident, 
he was feeling like he lost his identity and purpose in life. And despite being declared clinically dead for 20 minutes during that incident, he was still very far away from God. But in reality, you know, Matt had lost his identity a long time ago, thanks to uh, some family generational curse that had been passed down to him. Brokenness, unforgiveness, sexual sin, anger. Uh, but what Matt learned over the course of his life is that God has taken everything that was thrown against him from the start, everything that should have destroyed him, honestly, it caused it all to work out for his good. And and this is a wild testimony, such an encouraging testimony. I love talking to Matt. I, I think you're going to enjoy this interview. So buckle up uh, because we're unmasking the journey of Matt Turner. Matt, hey, it's so awesome to meet you. Thank you so much for, for coming on the Unmasked podcast this week. Well, thank you for uh, allowing me to be here. It's it's really uh, um, an honor, and I really appreciate it. Why don't you just take a minute to, to introduce yourself? Okay. Well, my name is Matthew Turner, and uh, I have a nickname, which everybody in Texas still calls me the nickname, but it's Stormy. Uh, it seems like the first 27 years of my life, I've tried to to live up to that name in a bad, in a negative way. Um, but uh, I have had uh, some very crazy uh, stories that have happened to me in my life. And, you know, I, I sometimes I get a little embarrassed about telling my story just because it's so crazy. It's so off the charts. And, and, you know, cause I, some people are like, well, what about me? You know? And I'm like, I, I think really it's about perspective. Like the things that God has done to go to links, to be in, involved in your story, if you could see it is pretty amazing too. Yeah. I mean, it is, that's, and it's um, like there, I still wake up almost every morning and just like, how, how did I get here again? Like, how am I living yeah. this life? Because there's no, you would never have been able to predict this ever up until, you know, I mean, I was 49 years old when I got hit by that two by four from God a few times. Yeah. I, that's just, you know, I, I, yeah, I feel that I know what, I know exactly how you feel like, and it's, it's awesome though. And that's why, right. That's why I'm doing this show. And that's why I'm, I'm, I love that you're sharing your story because, um, we got nothing to be ashamed about. Um, that past doesn't identify us anymore. Well, Phillips, Craig, and Dean years and years ago wrote this song, and I don't remember the name of it, but it says, the lyrics are, I want to be a man that you would write about a thousand years from now, a person of your choice, a man who knew your voice. Mm. You know, I'm just getting chills just thinking about it right now. Like, yeah, I really, you know, that's, that's really been my heart. And, um, uh, so yeah, that's, yeah. So now, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about where to start with your journey. Cause there are a lot of, just like mine, there's a lot of layers that we could peel back, but why don't we start with the, um, why don't we start with the, with the big one and then we'll kind of work our way backwards, uh, okay. from there. So, um, you are is double, double amputee. Is that how yes. you with bilateral amputee, bilateral W. Yeah, bi is two, so it'd be bilateral amputee. Um, 
it basically just a few inches uh, below my elbow, uh, I lost both of my hands in an accident uh, in 1984. Yeah. Wow. April the 5th of 1984. Well, so, you know, so tell us that why don't you share the circumstances behind that accident and then sort of the encounter with Christ that you had coming out of that and during it and, and all that. Okay. Uh, well, let me go a little farther back if that's okay. Yeah, go uh, for it. Yeah. Kind of give some context because my, the brokenness, the level of brokenness, um, that I had in my life before my accident was, was, was pretty horrendous. Um, I, I grew up in a home where um, at first we didn't go to church, you know, we weren't churchgoers. Um, <clears throat> you know, when I was probably six or seven years old, uh, somewhere in that time frame, we lived in, in California and my, um, my, mom at that time was just a normal mom. Like we, we got along. There wasn't really any huge issues. There was a few, but, um, I mean, she had some anger problems. And so I didn't really know when six or seven years old, I didn't know what was going on. Um, but I had this, um, this encounter with the Lord, uh, when I was, I, th- I must've been seven. Corey yeah. Kimboom's talking about God and the whole like, I don't know how they got her into a secular school. You know, back then it wasn't as big a deal, but she's in a secular school in Texas. You know, this is actually, yeah, we've just moved to Texas and, and she's in this secular school and she's telling about uh, all the things that happened to her and about God and about forgiveness. You know, I'm seven years old. I don't understand everything. You know, I'm just kind of listening to her kind of awed by what happened to her. And so, you know, that night um, I'm laying in my bed and I'm thinking about God and I'm asking him, well, who created you? Who created the one that created you? And who created the one that created the one that created you? And, you know, just on and on, like, how is God forever, everlasting? And so um, I, I like this overwhelming sense of God came over me and overshadowed me. And I, I felt I felt all closed in. I felt tiny and I felt his expanse. But at the same time, I didn't feel diminished. I felt loved and and uh, and, and it was it was pretty awesome. Um, three days later, I had this what I would call as a night terror. And I I felt like that um, uh, this, you know, this wasn't a dream. This was something real. Uh, and I'm laying in my bed and, and again, and I'm, I feel this presence over me and I look up and there's a hooded figure with a dagger about to take me out. And I start screaming, you know, my parents come running in and, um, and it was, uh, you know, it disappeared. Uh, and of course I was terrified the rest of the night. Um, so later um, in fact, the next day, one of my, uh, uh, one of the, 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 my kin's people, I'll put it that way. Um, I'm trying to save other people's feelings at the moment, like that are still around. So one, sure. of, the, one, of, one of my people uh, that were kin to me by blood uh, came to our home 
and um, and told something to my parents that I'll explain later. But but it, it was basically ratting out my mom about something that she had done. And um, from that moment on, my life became a living hell. Um, I my mom would chase me down with uh, a Coke bottle, a golf club, whatever she could grab uh, and beat me with it. And she would, you know, jump on me and choke me out uh, to the point of almost becoming unconscious. Like that happened on a daily basis. I mean, just for, why would she do that? Well, so, so here's, here's the story. Here's what really happened. So my mom had had relations with, um, with, 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 with a brother of my dad. Okay. And in, in that, um, that really, uh, caused a, a tremendous amount of shame. And, um, and supposedly I was the outcome of that. Okay. And, and I didn't find this out till three years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I didn't know. So all this, all this time, all this time of growing up and everything in this situation, I had no idea that the reason my mom was doing these things is because I was the focus of her shame. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, she had yeah. a lot of other things that had happened to her that kind of just came to the surface when all this came out. Uh, she had two children, um, two babies that died, one in her arms, and, and another one was stillborn. Um, she was severely molested as a, a, a girl, a young girl, by some brothers. You know, there was just all kinds of things that had happened that, that really tormented her. And, um, and I, I, I kind of like to say that all the things that she was doing to me, it was like she was demonstrating what she yeah. was going through. Sure. She was demonstrating what torment was put on her. She was doing the same to me. Well, and it's, I mean, it's a, and this is something that I've have realized about my journey and through my own fa- struggle with my families, right? This idea of this generational sin that gets handed down from generation to generation and you know you can see it as it's being handed down yeah there there was there was three generational curses or sins whatever you want to call it um against my family from both sides um unforgiveness uh sexual sin fits of rage was the third one and the fits of rage was was, was was pretty bad you know so all three of those things um, were, were, you know, when that happens to you, you're, it's like brokenness begets brokenness begets brokenness, you know? So I'm this little boy growing up in this situation, um, you know, I think when I was probably around 10 or 11 years old, my, my mom uh, became saved, you know, quote unquote saved. Um, okay. She had run off. Uh, within a few months of being and going to this church, she ran off with the preacher and uh, that, you know, that was a whole nother 
a whole other issue that started That's another things. book, right? <laughs> yeah. Started things for my dad, you know, as far as yeah. his feelings about about God and about preachers and about all that, you know. Sure. She came back after uh, several months and um uh you know, she she came back into our lives and um and we, you know, we continued on but as her journey into the word and into the preaching that was going on, that was pretty harsh that where we were going, the church we were going to the new church. Um, she, you know, she began to then use the Bible as, as the club, if you understand what I mean. So, yeah, for sure. So in other words, this God that she was struggling to get forgiveness from um, began to, you know, she saw him ruling over me and keeping me from uh, the, the, the mistakes that she made. And so I would read, oh, man, at least eight to 10 chapters of, of the Bible out loud to her every day, um, which is fine. I mean, th- I mean, that couldn't hurt. However, it was the way that it was done. Sure. You know, it was kind of, I was going to say, did that, did that cause you then to act out uh, the way yeah, I was, presented? I was, I, I was having fights at school every day. I was, uh, I was shorter than other guys, you know, so I was, I was having Napoleon syndrome. I was, you know, little man syndrome. And I was, you know, I was dealing with, um, you know, uh, I, I, I had a, the, the sexual sin. What happened was, this is really weird how to explain it. You know, when you have this, when you objectify women and the woman authority in your life is, is, uh, is abusing you that way, it creates a, a love-hate relationship that will twist your mind, you know? Yeah. Um, since then, you know, when I got, after I got saved, I found out that God has called me to be a champion for women. And and to um, to champion their um, uh, you know that they're not just the Sunday school teacher that goes and, and teaches kids you know I mean like like women are powerful and if we could hear their feminine authority you know they don't have to be like a man but to to hear their feminine authority uh, be powerful it would it would change the world I mean it would be it would be so amazing, you know? So I, I realized that I was actually called to be that. And so basically God has sent me into the territory where, where, where I was, you know, destroyed and it's caused me to be a champion and be triumphant in that area, which is amazing that he can do that. Yeah. I mean, and that's why, you know, as I was reading your, you know, sort of your, your testimony and your journey, you know, to see that, you were struggling with the same things that I was struggling with, you know, when I was going through those years. And again, and it all stemmed from pornography, right? And I'm not going to, you know, and I'm not going to ever miss an opportunity to call out that evil and yep. you know, just what it does to men. And it does scramble your brain and changes how you think about women. So, but that's the great thing about the healing power of Jesus is that it gets your mind right. And changes how you changes everything, and and that was a you know the big uh, that was a big uh, revelation for me as well as 
looking back and understanding how I treated women because of not only being exposed to that um, explicit material, but how I was raised um, by, you know, my family's attitude towards sex and that kind of thing. Um, it, you know, it just, it, it all goes together. And, um, you know, I just, I feel for the kids today that are caught in the madness, um, with that sexualized content right in their face. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. They can't, they can't escape it. You know? No, no. So, um, well, so when did you actually get saved? Was that before or after your accident? That's a, that's an interesting story. You know, I mean, <laughs> when you think about Abraham and you go, well, when did Abraham get saved or whatever you want to call yeah, whatever? Right. Know. Well, Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldees by God to go to a land that he would, that God would show him. So, yeah. you know, here's Abraham with all these gods around, you know, that, that everybody is worshiping these, all these different gods. And he, he hears the voice of God and he begins to follow that voice, you know, and he gets kind of, I can't remember the name of the city where he, he, he gets, he gets kind of stopped for a while, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where his brother dies and, and uh, his father stayed there and then he continued on. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know where Abraham's salvation came from. I do believe in, you know, this is the day you get saved. I have a day like that. Um, but I think that God was chasing me down the whole time. You know, he was, he was, uh, he was doing things uh, to set me up to come into his kingdom uh, in spite of everything that had happened to me. So there was times when I was growing up that uh, I had this guy that went to our church um, it, he was, uh, he had a bookstore in Southwestern Assemblies of God College in Waxhatchee, Texas. And his name was Brother Woodall. And Brother Woodall would come up beside me. And I was, I was so destroyed in my identity, you know. And, um, and Brother Woodall would come up beside me in church. He's an elderly fellow. He had put his hand on my head or on my shoulder and he'd be talking to somebody else in front of us. And he'd say, you know, that's stormy. Well, he's just the grandest fellow, you know, and he would just say all these affirming, wonderful things about me, you know, that, that I, I was drinking it up like, like, you know, I was dying in a desert, man. I, I, I needed to hear these things, you know? So brother Woodall was a bright spot. He was one of the few, you know, I could look at him and say, that's what Jesus would look like, you know, kind of people. And then uh, another time uh, I was probably about, 15 at this time, um, Keith Green came to our church, our little, our little church in Texas, that the little assembly of God church. He comes into our church and, and uh, they ask him to play and he starts rinky dinking on the piano and playing, you know, uh, so you want to go back to Egypt or something like that. And I was just mesmerized, you know, and I, I like, I fell in love with worship at that time. And so I, I started learning how to play the drums. And I wanted to, you know, get into that. And, um, and so I think those things led me, you know, um, to, to some degree, uh, to, to be at least open to the relationship with Jesus, but I wasn't seeing him in my daily life. And so I, I couldn't even recognize, I mean, I got on drugs. Um, and, and of course, uh, the pornography was, was so prevalent you know, 
uh, I had, you know, some, some different things happen. It's just a lot to tell sure. in this setting. But the bottom line is I, I ended up going into the Army after I graduated from high school. Um, got into a big fight uh, in the Army. Got kicked out of the Army. Oh, um, that's, that's hard to do, isn't it? Well, I mean, I got an honorable discharge. But, okay. But I got, I got some people attacked me. You know, and, sure. and I and I fought back, which I shouldn't have. I was a leader, and I wasn't supposed to. But I I fought back, and and uh, and so I ended up getting you know getting booted. So um, just a, a short time after I got out, I was working for this guy um, who was uh, a con. I mean, he was a uh, he was a convict, like he had been in prison and everything. Um, he, you know, was into drugs and everything else. I had not had any drugs or been in, on drugs since being in the army, you know, but I had contacts, people that I knew. And so, you know, I'm working for this guy and he wasn't paying me. And, um, I had to end up living with him and his wife for a while. And so, uh, he talked me into going to, um, uh, to the people that I knew and buying a whole bunch of drugs and uh, so that he could sell it and he could make some money and he could pay me for my work. And we were, we were doing construction. And so uh, I ended up in a situation where uh, the people that I knew didn't have anything, but they, they led me to other people that I didn't know. And I was in a drug bust where these people were about to shoot me and the police showed up right at the, like right at the last second and stopped these people from shooting me. Uh, wow. And, and I ended up in, in jail for a while uh, for about like a week until they sorted it out. And um, I ended up the next day after I got out of jail, I was on top of a roof in Arlington, Texas. And, um, up on the roof, there was uh, some trees grown around the roof, uh, grown, grown around uh, right beside the roof. And you couldn't see that there were highline wires, not service wires, but highline wires that go from house to house, running right over the roof of this house, and which is illegal, you know. So, um, so I had a pry bar in my hand, and I was trying to get to the edge of the roof to put gutter bit gutter up underneath some flashing and um and so i'm moving the branches of this tree out of the way and my left hand inadvertently touched the the bottom wire and the top wire arced over to the pry bar of my hand and got me with 7200 volts um it went in my right arm and out my left so it went across my chest and killed me it, wow. it killed my heart uh stopped my heart from beating well, I was on an asphalt part of the roof, um, and I it was a flat part, and so I didn't fall off of the roof. And I was up there, and you know the transformer had blown up. There there were people on site because this is a big construction site, and everybody's running around trying to figure out why there was no electricity. And you know this big explosion happened where the transformer blew up, and they're they're looking around, they're trying to figure out what's going on. All the while, I'm dead. I'm up on top of the roof dead. 
Um, and so they finally figured out something must have happened up there. So they they climbed up on the roof and they saw me and um, my my hands were were just blackened, you know, burned. And uh, and and I'm not breathing. My heart's not beating. Uh, they tried to revive me right there. Uh, they couldn't do it. Um, and they called the EMTs. Of course, there wasn't any 911 back then. Um, and, you know, when they finally um, got there, they, they figured it's probably 20 minutes after what happened. So you were, you were dead for 20 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you I mean, have, that's, would you have any recollection of that? Yes. That ab- window of time? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, so, so when I was gone, uh, I was in complete uh, darkness. Like there was, there was no light whatsoever. Um, I, and people have asked me, were you in hell? I, I have no idea what hell is mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um, if, if I was to take kind of throw a dart at it and say, this is what it was, I would say it was probably outer darkness, maybe. Um, because what I came out of with that was when I, when I look back on it and I figured it out, what happened, um, because my soul was tormented the whole time I, I was there. I, I was, I was tormented by the fact that there was nothing of God there. There was nothing of God there in the darkness. There was, um, you know, we as humans, we are created in the image of God. And so we, we have a, um, an, a, there's, it's, it's the glory of God to do things with the things that God has created. In other words, I have a desk here. It's made of wood. God created the tree and man and shaped that tree, that wood into a desk, you know, and, and there's something fulfilling in that ability to do that. You know, I have a steel cup, you know, right here. Some, you know, people came up with an idea to make cup out of steel and they, they formed it and they shaped it. And it's, there's something about interacting with the creation of God that helps us deep inside know that we have a purpose. And, and, you know, when you're in outer darkness and there's nothing of God around you, it is a torment to your soul because there's nothing. There's nothing. You know, people are afraid of the flames. They're afraid of, you know, the, the demons are going to bite your clutch or whatever. I'm going to tell you right now, being godless, being without God is, is, is torment. Yeah, it's I torment. Can't, I can't imagine. That's, uh, that's scary. That's got to be yeah. scary. And then, then you kind of, you kind of had that out of body experience too, right? Of being able to see down and see them working on you. Yeah. So what happened is, and I just, I, you know, suddenly I'm back into the, I don't know what realm of heaven you would call it, but I was, I was back into the sort of the here and now kind of a thing, you know, and I was watching them lower me off of the roof um, in a stretcher that I had had me tied to. And, um, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm back in my body and my arms are hurting so bad and I'm screaming um, and I scared them. Um, they almost dropped me and killed me again. <laughs> and so it was, uh, it, it was, it was pretty, you know, 
crazy for them because they thought I was gone. You know, sure. They put me um, in the the EMT ambulance and took me to Parkland Hospital, um, where uh, after you know a day or two, three days, uh, they told me they were going to have to amputate my hands. And uh, you know, my my mom is hovering around my head and saying, "If you just give your heart to Jesus." he will take your hands, you know? And I mean, it just, uh, my dad was begging the doctor to take, you know, the, the, the tendons out of his arms and give them to me. And uh, there was just, there was a lot of chaos. And I thought, man, this is crazy. I better, you know, I just got out of the army. So I'm thinking I better toughen up and, and be strong or I'm going to lose it here. You know, I have nothing else to fall on. Um, so that's what I did. You know, I began to try to be the best darn handicap you ever seen in your life. You know, that's how I lived my life for a while. Um, I was invited, uh, you know, because it, let me just say, my idea of God was still my mother's God. In other words, God's got a baseball bat. He's going to beat you if you're bad. And so he probably he's the one who took my hands. He, t- he, he took my hands because I was bad. You know, yeah, yeah. that was my thoughts. That was my theology. Well, was you your know? mom, I mean, did, was your mom truly saved at this point? I don't think so. Okay. But I'll tell you the day I think she got saved. Okay. Okay. All, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, you know, um, so, so I, I ended up, um, being invited by a very well-known, I'm not going to say his name, but a very well-known uh, football player who has since passed on, but he was, uh, he, he was uh, a pretty famous um, and he was in, in a prison ministry. And uh, I mean, he, he had a great ministry going on. I don't know that he knew what to do with me. Uh, he knew I had a story. He knew I had a story of coming back to life, you know, and so he had me going into the prison and just telling my story. But here's the way my story was. My story was, so you're in here. I could have been in here and should have been in here many times over, just like you. And God, um, this happened to me and God took my hands from me. Don't be me. You know, don't let these bad things happen to you because you've been bad. That was the only God I knew, Mm. you know, that was what I was raised with. And that's what I, so I think that that, I think that that story is, is way misaligned. That misaligns God, God's character, number one. Uh, And, and it's, and it's incomplete, you know, it's very incomplete. Um, Well, he was, he's, he's obviously using whatever he's putting you through is being used for something greater a greater yeah. purpose obviously right yeah and 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 he's using things that the devil's putting me through yeah, just like Joe. Right. you know he's using things that other people are putting me through yeah. <laughs> you know he's he's using things that i put through myself through choices that i made he even uses those um there's nothing wasted with god he's going to use every bit of it that he can to turn our hearts around and to see his love you know which is which is really what happened and well, so let me just go on and I'll just tell you, I, I ended up trying to serve the Lord for several years. 
uh, in, in, well, for a few years in that way, but it didn't work. And I, and I ended up getting a whole bunch of money from a settlement. And, and when you got a big hole in your heart, you know, and God, that, that God's supposed to fill, and you got a bunch of money, you know, um, yeah, I was, man, I was buying everything. I bought bass boats. I bought wave runners, you know, jet skis. I was, um, I bought, uh, you know, motorhomes, but, you know, just everything that I could get that would be, you would think would satisfy, fulfill you or whatever. Um, I bought it and, and nothing satisfied, nothing. Uh, I got to a point, and by this time I'd gotten married. I, I, I got to the point where, um, where I was, I was getting drunk. I was in a separation at the time, uh, a marriage separation. I was getting drunk all the time. Um, and, uh, and one day, uh, well, let me go backwards a little bit. Uh, several months before my encounter with the Lord, um, I had this situation happen where, where my mom lost it on me. Uh, we, we co-owned a store. I had taken my money and, and invested it with my parents' store that they had. And, um, and my mom uh, got angry with me because I, I got some, some, some trays to put papers on because I was, I was by the cash register making change for customers and stuff. And, and, uh, and, you know, somebody would open the door and the wind would blow the, all the papers off of the, the counter. And so I was grumbling around with my hooks, trying to pick them up, you know, and, um, and it just, it was really embarrassing. So I thought, well, I'm going to go get some stackable trays and, and keep the papers together. I did that and she lost it. She said, you think you own the store and you blah, 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 you know, and she was just going off on me in front of about 12 customers. Mm. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, she was losing her mind, you know, well, she got embarrassed and ran back to her office because she realized she was embarrassing herself. And um, she tripped over some boxes and, and got, got into her office. She didn't come in, in, out of that office for three days. Like she, she, except to leave, you know, to go home. And, um, and during that time, uh, this is something I want everyone to really hear. During that time, God was working on my heart. I still was unrepentant. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's what I'm, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you describe and you go through this near death experience and an out of body experience and you feel the emptiness away from God. And yet that's still, you know, you still had work to do. I was broken, man. I'm telling yeah. you, I was, yeah. I, I just was so broken, you know? Sure. Um, so I, I went, you know, so my, so what happened was God was working on my heart for those three days that my mom was hiding out in her office. And, and I, I was, um, I was thinking about the fact that she had a daughter die before birth. She had a daughter die in her arms three hours after she was born. Um, and the fact that, um, that she had been abused, you know, um, and, and several other things that had happened to her. All this was weighing heavy on me. And I was feeling uh, some sympathy for her, uh, even though I, you know, I had hated her guts, really. I mean, I'd gotten to the point where I despised her so much. Um, but she, 
uh, I just had this compassion for her. I felt bad for her. Um, and so I went and knocked on her door of her office on the third day. And uh, she let me in this little tiny office. And, and I told her, I said, um, I said, Mom, I know I haven't been the best son. And I'm really sorry for that. But I want you to know, I remember taking vacations with you when I was just a little boy. And we'd be driving across the country, just me and you. And I'd be singing uh, songs. You and I'd be singing songs together. And I said, I just want you to know that you'll always be my mom and I'll always love you. God gave me those words to speak mm. forgiveness over her life because she was in a cycle of rage, unforgiveness toward herself, and then trying to find someone to blame. You know, I mean, it was just this cycle, you know. And so um, she broke down crying when I said that. And I think, in my opinion, that was the day that she received the mercy of God and the love of God. Wow. Like she, she really changed from then on. Uh, she and I got along very well after that. Um, but I still had not come to the Lord. I, you know, I still was not walking with the Lord. And so uh, many months later, I am, my parents had gone out of town and I'm running the store and we had, you know, lots of employees and, uh, and the, the time had come for everybody to leave. I'm locking the store up. I'm turning off the lights and, I'm walking down this aisle and um, all of a sudden Jesus shows up. I'm not thinking about Jesus. I'm going to fat daddies to get drunk again. That's what I'm going to do. Sure. I'm not thinking about God at all. And all of a sudden Jesus shows up right there in the room. Now his face was glowing at the time. I couldn't tell you features. And there's some people that have seen the features of Jesus, according to them in their out-of-body experiences or their, their visions or whatever. For me, probably because he knew that it would distract me to see his face, I, I didn't see that, you know, for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, but I did know it was him. And it's like he had this big screen TV in front of him. And he was communicating to me in my mind without even, like I, like, I couldn't see his lips moving. So, I, you know, to me, it was like it was coming from his mind. And I was hearing him say things to me. And this, this TV was playing my whole life out. I could see the day that I had this overwhelming experience with God uh, when he overshadowed me when I'm seven years old. You know? And then three days later, the attack. And the Lord spoke to me right when I saw that on the screen, this, this figure that's standing over me with an eye. I heard the Lord say, he was after you from the beginning. He was wanting to, to take you out from the beginning because he knew who you were. And so, and I'm just watching this. I'm just amazed, you know, and I'm watching, then I'm watching, you know, the, all the abuse. I'm watching the kid that introduced me to porn. Uh, and I'm watching, you know, the various things that happened in my life. Um, that that sucked me into the brokenness, you know, uh, and then and then I saw me perpetuating perpetrating my brokenness on others. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so devastated! I felt I felt so broken, um, and I fell to my knees and I was crying. 
And I said, oh, Jesus, would you please forgive me? I didn't know. I, but, why, but I want to know why would, you, why would you allow these things? Why would you do these things? And he said, son, this was never my desire for you. This is never my heart for you. And I said, but you're God. <laughs> why, how could you let it happen? And he said, I didn't create robots. I created sons and daughters that I want them to learn how to love me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. It just dawned on me, it, my, my identity and who I am and what he's called me, what he's inviting me still. Inviting sure. me. So, and so uh, I, just, I just became a puddle on the floor. And I'm just crying out to him, you know. And he's just washing me. I'm, I'm repenting of everything, you know, and he's just washing over me like waves of love over and over and over again. Oh my gosh. I, I got up from that spot. I don't know, probably an hour and a half later. I don't know, but I got up from that floor, a changed man. And uh, yeah. So, so much later, you know, I, I, I mean, I had my different encounters with God. I, I had different situations where I, you know, became a, a pastor or a, a youth pastor, children's church pastor. You know, I had all these different things. And, um, and although I really and truly knew that, that my works didn't buy me nothing, you know, that it was truly just his love and his mercy and grace. Um, I knew that with my mind and had, and it attained a, a a significant level of revelation about that. Um, I had, I had this situation happen. We, I moved to Montana. I had this situation happen to me where um, just by just doing some things that God told me to do, I, I ended up in a business and uh, starting a business. Now, I didn't have any, I didn't have enough identity to think I could run a business. Like, not really. Like, I strayed away from, I stayed away from that. Like, you know, because of the past brokenness, I just, it wasn't something that I thought I could do. That's kind of like Gideon. Like, I'm from the lowest family. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm from the lowest this and that. You know, that I can't even imagine me getting involved in a business. I've had you know, those because, feelings. I've had that feeling. Of Gideon many times, but God just placed me in this business, and uh, and and it was a, a commercial construction business for big box stores all over the country. And it's a long story to say how I got there, but it's a crazy story. And it, and here's what happened: I think that God took me from being an uh, uh, an adolescent, you know, uh, maybe a a teenager in the Lord, he took me from being that into being, um, oh, oh, I think the Greek is huios, a mature, a mature son of God. Like he took me from being just a youngster in knowing his love and knowing his ways into being someone who really could comprehend what he was doing. So, you know, I had, so many things happened to me in this business where, I mean, it's corporate greed, you know, it's some of the biggest co companies in the world, 
you know, who will toss you out on your ear for this, you know, for the slightest thing. And the way God got me around it all, the way that he maneuvered me through the landmines uh, was so amazing. And so now, uh, you know, the business is averaging around 20 million a year. My son has taken over the business. My son-in-law is the CFO. My son's the CEO. Um, and the Lord moved me, oh, probably three years ago to begin to write books, which is a whole other thing that I don't feel qualified <laughs> for. I'm like, I'm from Texas. I don't speak English, so I shouldn't be writing a book. But here I am. Right. That's, uh, I mean, that is an amazing story. And to see how God has, has turned your life around and used you and continued to chase you down, even though you were running probably as fast as you could away from him yep. at times. But it also, I, what I love is about the, uh, you know, the importance of forgiveness uh, in, in what that can do for somebody. And obviously that forgiveness that you offered your mom changed her life and and helped solidify their relationship with Christ. And it's obviously the forgiveness that Jesus offers all of us, right? It allows allows you now to be doing these things that you're doing and to having a godly impact in your business, to be able to write and share your testimony and encourage others. And, you know, like you are doing it too, which we haven't really talked about. And I'll have to have you come back on, come back again, just to talk about life being, you know, not having hands yeah. and, and navigating life. Yeah. Right. Like that, that is, that's gotta be a whole nother, it uh, is a, a whole nother series of um of events that um, like I said, I think we'll we'll need to um find some well, time to thing, get you back on and talk about it. Thing that looks like it should be destroying me, right, which is not having hands, is actually um a catalyst, you know, because it's showing my weakness, it's a catalyst for me to know the strength of God. Well, yeah, because that's what you how you described it right earlier that. God did this to you. It was your punishment for for acting out and for for not, you know, following him and that kind of thing. But couldn't in be reality, <laughs> what's that? It couldn't be further from the truth, right? I mean, he takes the things that happen, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, he takes those things and he can make them into something beautiful, something yeah. wonderful, something amazing, you know. So Matt, how can everybody find you? Where can they go to check out your book and learn more about you? Okay, so mattstormyturner.com. Um, and Stor Stormy is spelled with a Y. So mattstormyturner.com. And you can look uh, on there. I've got a free ebook that tells the story of my early life and then what happened when I came to the Lord. And, uh, and that's downloadable, you know, that's no charge. Um, and then the book about um, business is called, and that, that book, the ebook is called Twice Resurrected. And the reason is, is because I was resurrected physically and then identity wise. Yeah. Spirit, I was resurrected again. Um, and uh, in fact, I think, I think the spirit of resurrection is working in me all the time, you know. Uh, to fight death, you know, every day, right? I think every day yeah. we have to die to our old self. Yeah. So my my business book, 
Uh, it's called Graced in Business and Favored for Success. And you'll find that also in a link uh, that you can um, you can click on, you know, in my website. Um, the website is called Divinely Imagined uh, because I believe that all of us are divinely imagined by God. We're not an accident. You know, here I am, you know, here, you know, with with not knowing my my true or for sure who my father is, you know, the paternity thing. Like, you know, that, you know, that isn't really true. I know who my real father is or who my heavenly father is, you know, and he designed me. He had an idea in mind when he created me. I get to live that out. I get to find out what that is. It's a grand adventure when you give yourself over to the Lord to live it out. I mean, look at you. Here you are. You know, you're interviewing me. You're like, God's taking this whole thing to another level for you. It's crazy. It is. I I won't understand it. I've definitely got some questions uh, when I hopefully get a chance to see him uh, in heaven. But uh, yeah, uh, just like I said, I, I want to have you come back and I want to talk more about about growing your business and about what you've been able to overcome now, um, you know, since since you've had this, this life-changing moment. So Matt, thank you so much for, for sharing your testimony. Thank you very much. And God bless you. Everybody out there, thank you for taking the time. Thanks again to Matt for coming on the podcast this week. Truly appreciate Matt and his story. And you can learn more about him and and learn more about his books over at mattstormyturner.com. I encourage you to go to go check him out. What a, just a a great man. And uh, he is definitely uh, living life for the glory of God today. So, so go check out Matt over at mattstormyturner.com. All right, coming up next week on Unmasked, I talk to Dan Nash. Dan is the co-founder of the Human Trafficking Training Center, and and Dan and I have a great conversation about what uh, about what HTTC is and how he and his partner Allison Phillips, who you might recall was a guest on unmasked at the end of 2022, how they're going out working together and they are literally training hundreds and hundreds of law enforcement officials across the country on how to stop sex trafficking and and how to get traffickers off the street, how to slow down demand, slow down demand and, and how to rescue um, these victims of trafficking. And it's a, it's a very intense, open, honest conversation that we have. So I hope you come back next week and check it out. And also I encourage you to go visit neilgetslow.com. You can learn more about my journey over there. You can learn more about my book, Unmasked, Conquering Sexual Sin and Walking in Victory. And uh, yeah, so I just um, I just thank you so much for, for tuning in each and every week. Truly appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, and remember, Jesus did not come to hang out with the saints and the righteous of the world. He came to hang out with the sick and the sinners, just like you, most definitely just like me, but not to revel in our sin, but to call us out of it. Have a great week, everybody. 